0: Of course, we're now seeing uh, these accusations and counter-accusations, but is there any evidence of Saudi Arabia actually supporting Islamic State in Iran?
1: No, not really. Um, I mean, firstly, of course, the, the the attack itself was a big shock for everyone, Iranians and others, because there haven't been any such attacks in Tehran that took place. But uh, the Islamic State group claimed responsibility soon afterwards, and there's no reason to doubt that, uh, uh, in this case, that that they were actually responsible, Um, I think that uh, Iran is using the current climate in the Gulf area to kind of project its blame onto Saudi Arabia um, in in a kind of opportunistic way, even though the Iranians have themselves uh, uh, accepted that it was the Islamic State group that carried out the attack.
0: And how credible are the counter-accusations by Saudi Arabia and its allies of Qatar terrorists, uh, funding terrorist organizations in the region?
1: Uh, not credible at all. I mean, uh, it's, it's really um, quite nonsensical. Um, I mean, the, the, the accusation that, that Qatar finances uh, the Islamic State group, for example, is, is really untrue. In fact, uh, if you look at the stats, there, there's more funding and more recruits from Saudi Arabia going to the Islamic State group then from Qatar um, the problem of course is that uh, for country like Saudi Arabia as well as the United Arab Emirates they regard organizations such as the Muslim Brotherhood which has not been involved in any terrorist activities uh, as well as groups like Hamas as being a terrorist organizations and Qatar does provide uh, or has provided refuge for both of these groups or members of both of these groups uh, neither of which is uh, is uh, recognized by the United Nations as a terrorist group, and uh, the Muslim Brotherhood not recognized by anyone as being a terrorist group except by these uh, few Gulf countries.
0: So in your reading of what's going on in the region, Naeem, um, you know, who is to blame? What exactly is at play here, the forces at play, that are causing uh, this destabilization of the region?
1: Uh, in general or particularly about the Gulf diplomatic uh, crisis at the moment
0: well in general and then specifically looking at the latest developments
1: well if if we look at the latest development I mean um, really what what's at play is that Saudi Arabia and the United Arab Emirates um, have been unhappy for a few years now uh, from around 2011 uh, at the role that Qatar has played in supporting the uprisings that took place in the region so you remember Al Jazeera during the Egyptian uprising, for example, but Qatar also provided support for opposition groups in Egypt, in, uh, in Tunisia, in, in Libya, and other places. Um, in some of these places, uh, Saudi Arabia and the UAE have also provided support, but to different groups, um, such as in Libya and in Syria. As far as um, uh, Egypt and Tunisia are concerned, which have been, uh, for both of them, uh, for Saudi Arabia and UAE, big issues, Um, they were very unhappy that the dictators in those two countries uh, had fallen and that Qatar had supported the opposition. Um, and, uh, in, in fact, uh, Saudi Arabia took the, the fall of Mubarak so seriously, you might remember, that uh, they, they were even strained relations thereafter between the Saudis and the Americans as a result. So they certainly thought that uh, Qatar was uh, overplaying its hand, that Qatar, for a small country, had gone uh, a bit too far as they were concerned, as far as they were concerned, um, and needed to be brought in line that attempt at bringing qatar into line um, in, in uh, subjugating its foreign policy uh, to saudi and uae foreign policy has not succeeded and so right now what they are attempting as a, as the qatari foreign minister says they want to place qatar under guardianship so that it uh, no longer has uh, its own independent uh, policies particularly foreign policy um in, in more general in the region mm-hmm. i think you know what what we seen from 2010 twenty eleven is a new kind of uh, force in the region of uh of citizen power um, we saw the uprisings took place and uh, that kind of process of course uh, is never smooth and and stable and i think that we we will continue seeing um these kinds of difficulties in the region for a while to come until we see uh, the establishment of of democracy across the region, which we are, I think, quite far away from.
0: And just a final one, uh, the call for the establishment of a regional forum to resolve the differences, is that a feasible uh, strategy at this
1: stage? Well, it's a good call. Um, Practically, I don't think it's feasible, certainly not when the call is being made by Iran. Uh, uh, you know, Saudi Arabia, the UAE are not going to go with that. Um, what is required, in fact, I think if, if this kind of suggestion or proposal is to move forward, is a much quieter, low-profile kind of uh, meetings between the countries in the region. If that is to happen, I think that uh, it can be very useful in stabilizing the region with countries accepting that they don't necessarily like each other, but for the good of, uh, of all the people of the region, they need to sit together and work out some arrangements that will suit everyone. That is actually crucial. Uh, see it happening soon.
0: Well, oh, thank you so much. Naeem Gina, Executive Director of the Afro Middle East Center.
1: Sakina Kamwendo on SAFM.